This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmonios.com. Visit the podcasts page for show notes and links. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, remember to like, share, and comment to help me grow. This is my fully operational Star Wars analysis episode. Let me find out what episode I'm on right now. Episode 50, and I'm talking about The Bad Batch, Star Wars The Bad Batch, episode 11 of season 1. This episode is called Devil's Deal. Uh, I do not know who the writer and director were yet because the Disney Plus app is kind of whack and they don't want to let you pause things and see exactly who the people are working on these shows. You would think they would want to give credit where credit is due, but... I guess it's more important to stop people from pausing and taking screenshots on their phones of these uh, these shows that they've made. So I'm pulling up the credits right now to look at them on my phone. Stuart Lee was the director of the episode. Let's see. i got to reload this real quick. And the writer is... I'm sure Matt Michnevitz was the story editor. Uh, but I will tell you who the writer was. Oh, the writer... Is, yeah, Matt Michnevitz was the story editor. And Tamara... Uh, Becker Wilkinson is indeed the writer of this episode, and she did another episode, and I, I'm pretty sure I liked it and didn't have much complaints. I've liked most uh, episodes of this show so far. Uh, I do not have a, uh, a quote to title off this episode, so I'm just going to say Rebellion is Good <laughs> is the title of this episode, uh, or this analysis, and I will go ahead and get into it now. For one thing, I'm switching up the format a tiny bit to be a little looser, a little more free. Uh, I'm just going off the top of my head for this because there's no time for notes. Uh, so what didn't I like about this episode? Well, this episode is called The Bad Batch. And whilst it is a continuation and evolution of Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch is supposed to be about The Bad Batch. And yet, it was actually about uh, the rebellion on Rylon. In fact, I think it was plucked from the Star Wars spin-off series called Star Wars Ryloth's Rebellion. But, uh, I, you know, so that was a little off-putting to me. Uh, another thing is, uh, this is a, a technical thing, I thought that Hera found Chopper from a downed, uh, what was it, like a Y-Wing or something like that, and then repaired him, rebuilt him or whatever, and that may still stand, but it just doesn't seem to jive with the fact that she had him here at the end of the Clone Wars, and uh, I thought it was different. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit different, and something seemed off about him. Like, is he not as scrapped and put back together as he's supposed to be, uh, as he was in the original telling of his origin or whatnot? I couldn't quite tell. It's been a while since I've watched Rebels. Uh, while I did enjoy it, um, I, there's a lot going on, so I haven't gone back to watch it recently. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, another thing is, I didn't like, or I had a problem with the idea that, oh gosh, where was it? Well, there's so much, there's so much wrong with the Empire, and there's so much wrong with their occupation of Ryloth, uh, you know, post, uh, post-Clone Wars. Oh, th that's what it was. Uh, Cham's talking about how the people of Ryloth have seen so much war and so much fighting, and that, how he doesn't want that for Hera. I haven't seen any war. I haven't seen any fighting personally. I've never been involved in the military. Uh, however, the United States has been at war in Afghanistan for almost 20 years. And uh, 
that's all supposedly related to the September 11th attacks uh, from 2001. You can look into the full history of that, and uh, it's very interesting the fact that we went into both Iraq and Afghanistan uh, post 9-11, uh, as if 9-11 were a legitimate reason to go into those places. Uh, anyway, I'll let you look into that history, but we've been at war now for 20 years, and we have men who fought in Iraq or Afghanistan uh, have had sons, mostly, I don't know about daughters so much, who have gone on to enlist in the war in Afghanistan uh, that their fathers were <laughs> veterans in. Uh, you know, and of course there's the different tours of duty and different amounts of time, rotations that you go in and serve uh, out in the field. Uh, and you can also have service where you're, you know, actively uh, deployed at a military base out in uh, the desert, out in Afghanistan or wherever you are, or you can be deployed in different places, you know, in the United States or in Okinawa or somewhere else. So uh, just because you're enlisted and serving doesn't necessarily mean you're in combat the whole time, but there are people who've done multiple tours of duty and then their sons uh, <laughs> have gone on to do a tour of duty or, or multiple tours of duty uh, in that same war. Uh, you know, what do we have to show for? Anyway, um, but it was interesting that Cham, like, I don't know, was Ryloth at war? Is that Has that been established that Ryloth was at war, some sort of civil war within or war against another planet? Uh, because, you know, there hasn't been a, a galactic-wide war since, you know, however long. And I think we learned that from uh, from the Phantom Menace from Seal uh, Bibble. I believe Sio Bibble over on uh, on Naboo talks about the fact that there hasn't been a war for, you know, a long, long, long time. And, uh, you know, that's good. You know, war is not good. It's good to avoid. But that's a, that's one planet. So did Ryloth have war before then? I was a little bit confused about that. And uh, I, I don't mean to be calloused or, or uh, to not care because, of course, war is a, a big, bad, terrible thing. But uh, I did find it kind of odd that Cham's like, oh man, three years of war, we can't you know, do any more of this. And, uh, I don't know, it just seemed kind of odd. Um, it just seemed kind of odd to me. Uh, another thing is, well, I think that's all the negative I have for now. Uh, I'm gonna move on to the positive. I like the meeting between Omega and, uh, and Hera. That was kind of cute. Um, it was interesting to see like the, the girlishness and the wonder uh, regarding uh, flying and being a pilot that Hera had and the way she shared that with Omega that was kind of cool and uh, I bet some people will think that the uh, you know the feeling that Hera gets when she's flying uh, has something to do with the force I don't think it does even though I know you know supposedly the force works in everybody uh, according to certain people's interpretations of things like when Han's flying and he's in the zone that's you know him being in contact with the force or whatever uh, but if the force really is you know the the sovereign uh, you know, divine, uh, I guess, fundamental uh, part of existence, or this fundamental element of existence, the force would have to be in everything, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, but, you know, not everybody can access it like that. So, anyway, and who knows if that's why Hera is such a good pilot, or if it's, you know, something else. Um, but anyway, that was a cool moment. Uh, honestly, I liked that the Empire coming in and forcing a population to give up its weapons uh, was seen as evil. Um, 
there's no reason ever to give up your weapons if you're peaceful people. Uh, the people of Ryloth, the Twi'leks, had been fighting in part of the Clone War against the CIS and their droid army, and they were, I think they were neutral world at first, and then they became loyal to the Republic. Uh, they became part of the Republic. I believe Jar Jar Binks and, uh, <laughs> and uh, oh man, what's his name? Uh, Bail Organa had a large part to play with that, along with the Jedi defending uh, Ryloth together, like, uh, you know, I'm a gun guy and, and other people. Um, you know, Mace Windu was there, and I don't know, maybe even Anakin, and I don't know who else. Anyway, um, but yeah, so, you know, they eventually became, they were an independent system, and they became part of the Republic, and then... Presumably they stayed part of the Empire, but part of that deal, part of that devil's deal, was that they give up their weapons and they let a base be built on their planet. Uh, but of course they had to give up some of their sovereignty and they were supposed to not question what the Empire was doing with the base that they were building there. And of course, uh, you know, the Empire made promises that they were going to help the people of Ryloth and the whole galaxy build back better after uh, the war, after the fighting was over, after there was supposed to be peace now, but of course they were restricting the people of Ryloth from freely traveling across their own planet and being involved in certain areas uh, like this, you know, foundry or factory or whatever, and I don't remember later on what kind of uh, factory is put on Ryloth, is it a weapons factory, I don't know. Those uh, gun towers, to me, look kind of like what's on a Death Star or a, a Republic Cruiser, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, uh, you know, of course, I don't necessarily have a problem with a, a factory having a defense system like that, but it makes me assume that it's actually just a weapons factory and that the uh, that those who are interested in making money off of weaponry uh, in the Empire are, you know, deeply rooted, deeply seated within the Empire. I guess if the Empire is a military empire and it believes in its uh, exercising a force like under the Tarkin Doctrine and such where you have uh, powerful weapons and you display them prominently to your citizens in order to cause them to fear rebelling against you and to keep them in line, uh, I guess it makes sense that the Empire would be interested in forcefully taking over worlds and or, or or rather uh converting worlds and making them subject and uh, turning them into weapons foundries in order to bolster their might so that they can execute this doctrine of uh of rule uh through dominance and not dominance over an enemy but dominance over your own people in order to keep them in line almost telling them that they would need something like a death star in order to uh you know combat you and keep you in and, and uh, you know, fight against you and your empire that you've built up. Uh, so that's, you know, that all that stuff is pretty interesting. I liked the show. I liked what we got to see on Ryloth. I liked to see the rebellion fomenting there. I liked to see that Cham really did want peace and that he didn't want to fight and that he got pushed to it. Uh, it was fun seeing Blurgs. I don't remember if we've seen Blurgs. I, I think I remember an animal mount on Ryloth before but I don't know if they were Blurgs or not. Uh, certainly, you know, they were Mando 
and uh, now they're here, so I'm more attuned to them, I'm more sensitive to them, especially because uh, I think they look different in the animation than they would have in live action, and, uh, you know, Quill called them Blurgs, and we got to hear them talked about, and they were kind of a big deal <laughs> in Mandalorian, so I think that's why they left a better impression on me there, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was all interesting stuff, um, it was a lot of fun, and again, I liked to see that you know Cham was reluctant in forming this rebellion. Uh, I was really surprised that I, I thought Orin Frita lived for longer, but maybe I'm remembering seeing him in the Ryloth episodes of Clone Wars, uh, and then I don't remember what happened to him after that. So I don't know. But to know that Crosshair executed him, that he shot him, uh, I was a little surprised by that. I thought they were going to frame uh, the Syndulas for killing him and you know you, with you know the fact that they're probably recording stuff they could have recorded Cham holding the gun up to his head and then hey look he's got a you know gun a blaster bolt in his head that must have been from the same gun uh and trust us because we say so but then again being the evil empire i'm sure they have no problem just manufacturing whatever evidence they have to to bring a charge against somebody so uh, i thought that was you know good good to see i like I like seeing the evil of the Empire on display, and I like how much, uh, how many different facets of the Empire's evil we get to see, because it's helpful to define uh, what exactly it is evil for a government to do, and in order to effectively show the evil Empire being that. Uh, the writers of the show have to create scenarios where they're doing things that I don't like, personally. <laughs> the, the kinds of freedoms that they are uh, trampling on in order to secure their empire, to secure their power, to secure their, to, to secure their oppression over the people uh, are, are all things that I dislike. What do you mean you dislike specifically? Well, I'm not going to get into it necessarily, but I think if you really think about it, these are things that you oppose as well, um, but most people uh, don't seem to value uh, certain freedoms as equally because they're more concerned about safety. And uh, remember, it's all about having a safe and secure empire, and that's what matters. And, you know, even if liberty has to die to thunderous applause, that's, uh, you know, that's all that really matters. As long as you're safe, that's, uh, that's what's important, right? Anyway, uh, what else did I like about this episode? There wasn't really much. Uh, I, I liked hearing Hera's, you know, original Rylothian accent. Uh, her mom seemed really cool. Uh, I loved the character designs. Uh, it, it, to me, the... <laughs> the, uh, what are the men? The men of Ryloth, they... Not Thorian, that's the Hammerheads. There's been a, an unequal distribution of good looks in the species of Twi'leks, and the men have these weird bumpy foreheads and these sharp teeth and uh, sometimes red eyes. <laughs> I'm looking at you, uh, Bib Fortuna. Uh, and the women are always made to be more delicate and uh, lovely looking, let's just say, and, uh, you know, m more pleasing to, to gaze upon. And uh, I was happy to see that they actually kind of did a good job of making Cham look less grotesque, <laughs> probably because he's heroic. But anyway, it was really cool to see uh, him looking so good. And like, I always disliked Hera's design in Rebels. And while we did not get to see 
uh, Hera in her rebel's costume, her mother, I, I believe Hera is supposed to be, uh, or is ver likely very close to a spitting image of her mother, and, uh, <laughs> and I think they both look uh, very good. The proportionality uh, of their look, uh, of their uh, anatomy, I guess you could say, is what I liked, and I'm not being gross, I'm being uh, honest and open. The the way that the costume looked, that the the collar around the, I don't know if you call it armor or flight suit or what you would call it necessarily, but something about the neck and the length of the neck of Hera's uh, character model in Rebels always threw me. It always looked very unnatural. It always looked, uh, I don't know, bad. Um, I like Star Wars Rebels overall, but the design was definitely a huge step down from Star Wars The Clone Wars, and it was always too bad that it had to look like that, and I, I say it had to look like that because well, I don't think they had any other option. I, th I think they had a huge budget cut. I think, you know, Lucas is an eccentric billionaire who uh, wanted to put a bunch of money into his show so that it would look exactly how he wanted it to, and he was free to do that with Clone Wars because uh, he owned everything at the time and it was his money and then when, when the Disney switch happened they, uh, they said eh, we'll, we'll put a little bit of money to this um, but not enough not enough in my opinion and uh, that sadly affected the, the design work on the show and uh, man I, I almost wonder if, uh, if they took the opportunity with this uh, iteration of uh, you know, Bad Batch or Clone Wars 2.0 to show like hey this is what Harry should look like because the just the just the character design the, the form the model it just looks so much better like I said even Cham looks so much better like these are appealing people to, to look at and uh, just the I don't know it's just again I'm not saying I'm uh, you know panting over here I'm just saying that the like the the proportionality the, the necks are like a good regular they look like real human bodies, and Hera's head, her neck always looked like it was way too long, and like it didn't quite work anatomically. I, I don't know. If you just put look at them side by side, Hera from Rebels and her mom uh, from uh, Bad Batch here, uh, and, and imagine that that's, they should look the same. They don't look the same. They don't look like the same species. I mean, they do, but they don't. Uh, just on a character design basis. So, um, yeah. I usually like to try to wax philosophical or say profound things, but in talking about how much I like the evil of the Empire being shown off here, uh, I basically did talk about the deeper things in here, which are like, you know, how do you balance freedom and security and uh, and things like that. And I think, uh, I, I think I basically covered everything I want to. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stop here. I really like this episode of... Uh, of uh, Rebellion on Ryloth. It was pretty great, and I can't wait to get back to um, <laughs> to Bad Batch. Uh, I, I hear... Well, anyway, I don't want to talk about spoilers or, or rumors or conjecture, so I'll just leave it here. Um, yeah, but I'm interested to see what happens. Of course, Sid tying the Bad Batch to uh, to the Rebellion on Ryloth via, you know, smuggling weapons to them. Uh, that works for me. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't realize the Sid relationship was going to continue, especially now that um, now that your girl Omega has helped pay off the debt entirely. Uh, that the 
that the troopers had that Clone Force 99 had. But uh, I mean, your debt's paid off entirely, but it's it's good money. It's an easy gig, so to speak. Uh, why wouldn't you keep at that and uh, build up your credits for a little while before you move on if you indeed have to? So anyway, um, that's pretty much all I have to say. Thank you for your time and attention. I hope you enjoyed this. Check out my growing collections of analysis, art, and fiction. You can also visit mjmunoz.com support to check out my latest designs and more. I welcome critique to improve my craft, so don't hold back any comments you have for me. I leave you with peace and blessings. This is MJ signing out.